This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Nirvana Sisters, where we discuss all things health and well-being to help you achieve your highest state, your nirvana. Hi, I'm Amy Sherman, a marketing exec with a passion for wellness and beauty. Hi, I'm Katie Chandler, a former fit model that has a passion for health and fitness. We are sisters-in-law who share the same love for well-being, ready to sift through all the self-care noise and bring you a splash of what we think is fun. So let's get started. Welcome to Nirvana Sisters, Nirvana Sisters family. I'm beyond, 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 beyond excited to introduce our guest today, Brittany Driscoll, who I have been a fan of for a bazillion years. She probably thinks I'm a crazy person because I stalked her on Instagram, but I've been following her and Allie Webb and their whole crew for years and just they're super inspiring to me. So I'm just super pumped to have her on the show today. So Brittany Driscoll, if you don't know the fabulosity that she is, she is the co-founder and CEO of Squeeze Massage. She's the co-founder and CEO of the Feel Good Company. She is the co-founder and chairwoman of OK Humans, and she has a podcast, Girlfriend, Girlfriends in Business, which we've been listening to and loving, and she's championing, can't say that word, the hashtag feel good revolution. And she is an incredible entrepreneur, formerly head of marketing at Drybar. So that's just a resume that's insane. And all of these things coming out of my mouth, I'm like, we're just so thankful to have you on the show. So thank you for joining us on Nirvana Sisters today, Britt. Thank you. That was such a nice introduction. I really (laughs) appreciate it. And I'm so happy to be here as well. Yes, we're beyond thrilled. So thank you again. We are going to start today with our weekly Nirvana. For those listening who are new to us, we usually do something at the top of the show, which is basically something that brought us joy this week, something that gave us a little smile, uh, big or small. And it's just a way that we like to start out the show. So I can start and mine will be pretty obvious because my Nirvana this week is actually today recording this show with you, Britt, and um, being able to spend a little time with you on this Sunday morning. I've admired you for a really long time. So it's just really exciting for me to be able to connect with you and connect with us and our Nirvana Sisters family. So that's my Nirvana for this week. What about you, Katie? Well, first off, hi, Brittany, and thank you so much for being here. We're super excited, (laughs) but I'm definitely going to echo what Amy said. Um, But my Nirvana as well, in addition to right now, yesterday, Uh, For the first time, and I don't know, maybe ever, I fully went offline and put all the devices and the phone and the iPads and everything away and completely detached for almost the entire day because, like I said earlier, I'm on a a house hunt and it's making me insane. And if there's a device where I can look at the market, I'm going to do it and not be present and I'm going to be obsessing and looking at a million houses. So I just said it's enough. It's enough, it's enough, it's enough. So we we took the kids out, we went to a park, we went to a restaurant, I didn't have my phone. It was I was so calm and peaceful for the first time in like a month since all this, you know, house shenanigans began. It was very nice and it was just kind of a reset. It was great. But what about you, Brittany? I'm excited to hear yours. Um, well, thank you. Both of you are so, so kind. Um, and that's amazing. I feel like we all need to do more unplugging regularly. But my Nirvana from this week is or has been getting out in restaurants like to restaurants dancing I have friends in town this weekend my husband and I had a date night earlier this week and I mean I live in Nashville and the city is fully back to capacity full capacity and it just feels like oh my gosh this is what life is like and yay (laughs) finally um, yeah yeah it's really been amazing Nice. That's great. Well, let's jump right into our quick fire questions so we can get to know you a little bit. Will you first tell us a bit about your background and how you got to to where you are today? I know we just kind of said a lot of what you're doing, but give us a little sure. insight. Yeah, I started my career in marketing and advertising and I got a chance to work with amazing brands, everyone from Barbie and Hot Wheels and Disney and Coca-Cola, um, Hilton Worldwide, like just had amazing experiences and learning how to build brands and 
create campaigns and strategies. It was just, it was so much fun. And I feel very fortunate for that time in my life. I got to a point where I wanted to take that experience and apply it to a brand that was personally more exciting to me and resonated. And um, it just so happened that Drybar had been around for a few years and were starting to scale and they were looking for a head of marketing. And this was back in 2013. So I helped take the company from 30 million to over 100 million in four years, um, opened over 60 doors and launched the product line into all the prestige retailers that it is in today. And as well as launched internationally and supported several franchisees. It was the ride of a lifetime and so much fun. Um, I mean, really, it was just one of those kind of magical experiences through and through. But I'm a builder at heart. I'm an entrepreneurial spirit. And it got to a point where I just felt like, you know, Driver has a long trajectory ahead of itself. But I want to take a lot of what I learned here and go back and apply it to another brand that's in, you know, its earlier stage. And uh, so I told Michael and Allie that, and I wanted to give them, Michael and Allie are the founders of Drybar, and, you know, I wanted to give them ample time and heads up to find someone new and work through the transition. And they were kind enough to remind me that they had always had this other idea in the back of their mind. They just didn't have the bandwidth to get it off the ground, which is where Squeeze comes in. I'm sure we'll chat about that um, in a little bit. And then, you know, the Feel Good Company and OK Humans just really quickly, that kind of evolved from... um our experience building dry bar and then building squeeze and recognizing that we really had these core functional components um, kind of nailed down in a, in a really great way. Like we use the same architectural designer and his team as dry bar and squeeze um, the same branding team and creative from dry bar as well. Like those are kind of two of our four pronged approach that we feel like, again, we just kind of have like the secret sauce to, and then, with Squeeze, our biggest differentiation is technology, and that in and of itself just enables a very seamless experience, unlike most brick-and-mortar service experiences. And then the fourth kind of area of, of expertise is culture and uh, and a guest experience. And so it just kind of became apparent that we had this great opportunity to help support other women um, and small business owners who had great ideas in the wellness industry and that we could support again with kind of those functional areas um and and help create, make people feel good <laughs> so that's okay. kind of yeah that's that's the idea and and where i started amazing nice. and i i listened to your episode about your takeaways from your marketing background which i thought was so really really great and helpful for a lot of people specifically in marketing, which I am in and I got a lot from it and I could relate to so many of it. And so many of the things you said, I literally have had those same experiences or have had the same learnings. But for our audience, what do you think is kind of like overall your biggest takeaway from your marketing background and how that's helping you, you know, as in entrepreneurial life? You know, I always used to say at Drybar that I wanted to work myself out of a job, meaning I don't think that a brand and or a product should be doing the marketing for you. I think your product and your experience should just be so good that you that customers naturally want to like shout from the rooftops how, how wonderful XYZ is. So I, I really think, you know, that it comes and because you trust you trust people that you know more than you trust a brand. And so I think that for me, that was a big, certainly once I got to dry bar, like the big aha of like, wow, if you can create a meaningful experience and all these surprise and delight moments that just make people feel like truly feel something, an emotional response. And um, that's how you win. That's the strongest form of marketing that you can ever create. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree with that because I was an early adopter of Drybar, like from the beginning, I, when I used to live in New York, I was there all the time. And I felt like I was a brand advocate for Drybar because I would tell everybody about it. Everybody knows me that like, I love Drybar. I always go blah, blah, blah. And I was just, I felt a, like a brand ambassador. I had a responsibility to <laughs> promote the brand and like, I would take pictures. And I think I probably DM'd Allie once like something was right or something was wrong. Like, and I totally agree with you. I mean, being from from my background in entertainment marketing and hospitality marketing, the experience is everything. And if you're not mm. providing that good experience, then no one's going to talk about it and no one's going to care no matter how good your branding is. So I love that. Quickly, uh, just rounding out some of our quick fire. How did you meet Allie to become VP of marketing at Drybar? So oh, it's funny. I had this running joke that 
everyone who worked for me had to basically be like a stalker of the brand slash us because I was just so similar to you. I was so passionate about the brand. I loved it. And they posted on Instagram and this was back when Instagram had like just started and they were looking for a head of marketing and it was basically like, you know, their, their caption said, tell us who should, you know, who we should be looking for and why or something like that. So of course I texted like all of my girlfriends and, and, and anyone who had worked with me in the past. And I was like, please, comment on this post that like I am the person for the job and then in addition to that I just scoured my network and I was like does anyone know anyone at Drybar because all I need is to make sure that they see my resume and my cover letter and I know like I just know that this is meant to be and that I'm their girl I just need to make sure that they see me and so I did I, I scoured and finally one of my really good friends her cousin lived with one of the coordinators at Drybar and like they you know she just made sure that my resume got to the top of the pile and and then and then once I met with everyone Michael and Ali and Cam it was definitely like in just immediate connection we kind of spoke the same language but I, I really do think that that's such an important you know just reminder for everyone is just submit, submitting a resume or you know hoping that you're getting the going to get the job is just like not how it works anymore you need to make sure that you're doing everything possible to, you know, get people's attention. And hopefully that's through people that, you know, I also had um, one of my first hires sent us all like a, a dozen yellow roses in the office to the point where we were like, okay, this girl's either like super crazy or super awesome. <laughs> have to figure it out. Um, and she ended up getting the job. So, you know, it's like, you guys got to be creative to get yourself totally. out there. Totally yeah. speaking my language. And um, I can give you a longer story offline. But actually, when I was on furlough last year with my company, there was an opportunity at Drybar. Katie knows this. And I rebrand. I have like a one page resume that's sort of like a top line. I rebranded it to Drybar Colors. <laughs> I sent it to <laughs> Allie in DM. And then I got connected to the Drybar team through um, the old CEO because someone I knew knew him, yada, yada, yada. We spoke. I'm not moving to California, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of stories <laughs> behind that. But I feel you because I'm the same way. And I do think it's very important to be creative when you're looking for a new job. So um, yeah. that's 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 awesome to hear. Well, and also, Brittany, as I've heard you say, you don't get what you don't ask for, right? So you got it. A hundred percent. Yeah, go out there and yeah, do it. Yeah, it's like, right. And it's like the last, the worst thing that could have happened was, you know, no one knew anyone or I didn't get the job, but I would have kicked myself for not, trying all the avenues possible. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us for the audience, the squeeze massage concept is brilliant. It, I love the culture. It's so playful. Like you said, little moments of delight and everything. It's really exciting. So can you tell the audience what it is and yeah, when hopefully absolutely. we'll be seeing a lot of them everywhere, maybe? Oh man, I hope so. <laughs> um, uh, so squeeze. So let's see, when we looked at the massage landscape, you know, we realized like there was a hole in the middle. And this was kind of the same way with dry bar too. Before dry bar, it was low end discount salons or high end chains, similar with massage. You know, there's the low end discount massage uh, places, which offer affordable pricing, but lack a lot from a consumer experience standpoint. And then on the flip side, there's high end hotels and spas, which are lovely, but just unattainable for a regular experience. And we were such avid massage goers, Michael in particular, actually, Ali's brother. Um, this was really, truly his brainchild because he was like, I got, you know, I don't want to pay, even though he could afford the, you know, higher end experience. He was like, it's just crazy to be doing that on a weekly or monthly basis, which is how often he liked to get massages. And so he, you know, his only other option were the lower end discount chains, which he was a member of, you know, one of them. And he was just like, you know, the massage itself is good, but everything else about the experience is so unrelaxing. Like I want to bang my head against the wall. Like it's, I, I'm having to call different locations and figure out if they have availability. You know, I need, I, he like made notes on his Blackberry of like which therapist he liked and which ones he didn't. And, you know, he had to always like remind them what he, again, what he, what his preferences were. And then when the relaxing massage was over, he would have to go stand in line and, you know, deal with like his benefits being transferred from one location to the next. And right, someone it's like asked a walk about shame. <laughs> well, and that, yeah, and then he, exactly. And then he was like, okay, well, 
the relaxing experience that I just had is totally moot now because I'm frustrated and I'm, you know, being bombarded with all these questions. So anyways, so that was his, his, and I feel like the best business ideas really do come from like personal necessity or personal frustration with something that doesn't exist and that could be better. And so it was really his brainchild of if we could just take all of the transactional and very frustrating parts of the experience, make it more seamless and personalized how amazing, you know, you could actually feel when you're in location. So for us, like I said, we use the same architect um, as Drybar. We use the same creative team. So thank you, Katie, to your point, just about it is. It's a really fun brand. It's a beautiful brand. It's a great experience. But the technology side is our biggest differentiation. And what we've done is we've built an end-to-end platform that enables our guests to book, set all their personalized preferences, everything from areas of the body you want focused on, what you want avoided, if you want more or less pressure, if you like oil or lotion, would you like your table heated? All of that information is saved to your profile and shared with your therapist prior to even walking in the door. So again, immediately, we've allowed you to tell us everything that you want to tell us. Oh, plus there's a note section. So, you know, how awkward is it to like look someone in the eye and be like, please don't talk to me this whole time. (laughs) But, you know, it's very easy for people to say, I would just prefer to, you know, have a quiet session. Like I, you know, I don't want to chit chat. Like you can add those types of details into the note section. So in any case, your therapist reviews all of it prior to you walking in. They also feel armed with the right information to give a great experience because of course they care about that. And they, you know, they want to make sure that you're getting what you want. Um, carrying that personalization through when you get into the location itself, you can select from uh, different aromatherapies. We have like a really fun interactive experience in our lounge that um, you get to to smell the different scents and then let the therapist know which one you would like. We have um, a beautiful lounge with in pre-COVID times and hopefully not too far in our, in our distant future, we've got salt water and tea and almonds and just like a lovely relaxing experience and then when you get into your we call our massage room suite when you get into your suite you can adjust the lighting so like the dimness of the room you can select from six different playlists so we have everything from like piano to zen to reggae we do a holiday playlist seasonally um we've got like a an iphone charger or or i should say a phone charger um built into the the guest area there's hooks for your coat or you know your jacket we have hair ties mints like it's all very very personalized and catered meant to be again convenient but truly relaxing um the other component that we have in the suite is there's actually a ready button on every massage table so you as the guest let the therapist know yes when you're ready to enter which is actually a favorite feature of our therapist because they're all like thank you right they don't have to do the knock like the awkward exactly the awkward knock And then post-massage, it's like Uber and Postmates. You rate and tip on your phone. You can favor to therapist. You can easily rebook with them, but you do it at your leisure. So you, we like to say our guests walk in and float out. It is a truly relaxing experience. And then all of the um, in-suite or in-shop selections that you made on your first time, your therapist will actually note it in your profile. So the next time you come in, like the room will be set to your liking, et cetera, et cetera. So it really is. A fantastic experience objectively clearly I'm, I'm also yeah it sounds amazing the that I am of you and Ellie and everything that you do I when it first came out I was like I read like one sentence I'm like this is freaking genius because this is exactly what everyone needs because everyone has those same concerns and so in that vein how fast is it going to grow like when can we go I need to go <laughs> immediately and I know there's only one in LA so like tell us the growth yes. Yes. Um, well, so the other thing that was really interesting just about creating squeeze, which by the way, going back to my, like, I think I'm going to take all my learnings from Drybar and apply it to another brand was like, I was thinking I would just go to a brand similar to Drybar, like had been around for a few years and needed to start scaling. I wasn't anticipating starting from something from scratch, um, which was, has been such an amazing, amazing experience. Um, but as part of, you know, the excitement as, as we were going was, Oh, this will be such an amazing, we weren't sure if we, at at first we weren't sure if we were going to grow corporate owned locations, which is a very operationally driven system, or if we were going to franchise, which is more of a sales and marketing system, you're partnering with great operators. But the more we started to just build everything out, I was like, we have to franchise this because I, this is my first 
entrepreneurial experience. I love the idea of giving people the opportunity to have that same experience in their own community and, um, you know, and also just creating a community of like-minded business operators, et cetera. So we are planning on scaling through franchising. Obviously, the past 14 plus months has thrown a little wrench in our, you know, uh, scaling plans, but we are fully back in it. We're talking to so many great people across the country. I'm hoping that we can grow and scale as quickly as possible. But for us, you know, so much of the success of being able to have hopefully 300 plus locations a few years from now really rests in the first 10 to 20 franchisees that we bring on board. So we're being super selective about the quality of partners out the gate just to ensure that what we've created in Studio City can be maintained. So hopefully, hopefully more to share soon. Um, but we're, we're excited about the conversations that we're having now. That's great. That's super exciting. Well, congratulations on the feel good company. It's so genius. And it just makes you feel good when you think about exactly <laughs> what it is. So can you tell, tell us a little bit more about it? And how did it start? And how did the idea come up and everything? Yeah, so at Dry Bar, we always used to say we weren't selling blowouts, we were selling happiness and confidence that came with a blowout. And when you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, you can do anything. And then as we started building Squeeze, we we talked about it as a feel-good company. Obviously, massage makes you feel good. But as I started to create our values and really think about our purpose and our mission and what we really wanted to stand for, I wanted to create an experience and a brand that really did stand for more than just massage. And if we could like somehow carry through that feel good feeling in not only every interaction with the brand, but also, and by brand, I mean, you know, how you feel when you open an email, how you feel when you look at our Instagram, also how, you know, if you're dealing with our guest services team, how you feel they're treating you to the way the maitre d' welcomes you, et cetera. Um, but also I felt so strongly that I wanted to have a tie to the community and like society beyond our four walls. And so we started to think about, okay, well, if we could partner with a philanthropic organization out the gate, like what, what, what organizations make, make people feel good. Obviously all philanthropies are trying to do good, but we were trying to think about like the right tie for massage and everything that we were doing. And so anyways, we all love dogs. I mean, I feel like puppies and kids, how do you not love either? So we were like, well, does do dogs and massage make sense? And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, well, service dogs, like service dogs are amazing contributors to society and they make their, you know, human partner feel good. So I literally just like Google search, like service dog organizations, having really no idea what everything was involved and like consisted in in those types of organizations. And I just cold called the first one that popped up, which is Canine Companions. And um, the woman that I spoke to, I told her my whole story and that I wanted to contribute you know, financially for every for every service that we um, performed to, you know, to help their organization. And she was like, oh my goodness, Brittany. She was like, I just, I have chills right now. She goes, when we teach our dogs, they teach the dogs like 40 different commands and whatnot. And she was like, when we teach them for little kids, we actually teach the dogs, like if a, if a child or, or someone is having like a panic attack or, or needs comfort, they actually teach the dogs to like climb on top of them and give them like little squeezes. Mm. And I was like, wow. Oh my gosh, like that was just like, I mean, literally cold called. And we had this wow. moment of this seems like this is going to be a beautiful thing. So Squeeze partners with Canine Companions and for every membership that we sell, we're helping to provide a day of canine support for a person, child or veteran with a disability. And my point in that long story is that I, you know, I felt like it's really neat to see the guest response to that, but then also the team, you know, the team knows that for every member that we have and the services that we're providing on a daily basis, you know, it's doing more again for good for for the the community at whole and so I as I thought through I don't know it was one of those like 3 a.m in the morning things that was I think all of those things led to my thinking of well gosh you know we we're we're pretty good at creating disruptive retail experiences and I also feel so passionate about 
um, figuring out ways where, again, we can contribute meaningfully. And so wouldn't it be really cool to create this company that basically just helps support different verticals in the wellness industry uh, and and do the same thing? You know, great design, great branding, awesome technology. The experience piece is wrapped in both culture, team experience, but then also each feel-good company brand is going to have an organization, a philanthropic organization that is tied to you know, making people feel good beyond the experience. And so clearly, you know, we're a very small team. We didn't really know exactly how that would unfold in real life. But Christy Desai, who is the co-founder and CEO of OK Humans and a licensed family and marriage therapist herself, actually reached out to me on Instagram and said, I really love what you guys have done with both Driver and Squeeze. I'm trying to create a a mental health concept that feels accessible to people and disrupts and, you know, destigmatizes the um, perception of seeking help. And I want there to be a place where people can just walk in off the street, just like you walk in to get your nails done, or you walk into a gym to get help for, for your mental state. So in any case, we chatted and, and we had just talked about the field good company a few months before. And then Christy like entered our world. And I was kind of like, well, maybe this is the moment where like the field good company can actually become something more than just squeeze. And um, yeah. And so we partnered together and that, that company, okay. Humans opens in uh, this summer in Los Angeles. And we will have other concepts down the line, but you know, we're focusing especially with the pandemic, um, all of this was decided pre-pandemic. So now that we're <laughs> had the last year that we did, we're wanting to obviously get these these two businesses up and running and scaling. But um, that was a very long-winded way of telling you how the Feel Good Company came No, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's so, it's amazing. It's so, um, it's, it's like so honorable and so impressive at the same time. Okay, humans really hits home for me because I, I mean, I think everybody should be in therapy. Like why, why shouldn't you be for just 100%. personal growth or anything? But when I moved here back from New York, when I moved to the Cincinnati area, I couldn't get a therapist to save my life. Like it wasn't dire. That was probably not the right statement to say that, <laughs> but I couldn't, I just couldn't find therapy because 100%. it's hard. It's like, a, it's a flooded market. There, there's not enough doctors around. It was literally for a new patient to come in. It would be like four months out. Right. And then you see well, this person and you, you don't know if it's going to be a good match. I mean, it's tough. It's just not accessible. It's very difficult. Exactly. It, right. And it's like, where do you go to even find a therapist? This was the thing that we talked with Christy about for a long time as we were, you know, chatting through how we could support her. And it's true. It's like you either ask a friend or you go through your insurance provider, but that has, you know, a lot of challenges in and of itself. And so, yes, that was the idea it was like, okay, can we just create this reputable brand and somewhere where people can know to go to get, you know, great great support and help. Um, and so that is one of the, you know, one of the many reasons that we started it. And then um, to your point, just about like a good match and figuring out who you want to connect with or, or seek help from um, our app and website experience, similarly to squeeze, like you'll be able to see all of our therapists, you'll be able to read their bios. Our, um, okay, Heben's therapists are actually going to do videos uh, for on their bio, so you get a sense of like their personality and who, mm. how they approach things, which which makes a big difference. Um, and then part of the app experience too is like notes and ways to help you through in the in between times of going to therapy. And you know, there's all sorts of things that we have in mind and just creating you know a, a better way to experience it. But you're your experience is one of the many reasons why we're starting it because it's true. It's like, how do you find someone and how do you know that they're going to be a good match? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you'll have your first location in LA, but will that app be global? Like could someone access it without having the location? So, you know, our, the feel good company is really designed in creating disruptive in-person experiences. So, and not to say that therapy cannot be incredibly helpful, um, virtually, but we just believe that the opportunity for the in-person experience um, is greater if you can, if you can have that. And so our focus um, at first is to, 
is to have um, in-person experiences in the LA area. Certainly, you know, if people wanted to select virtual, um, they could, but it's going to be more based on situations, situational reasons, not necessarily um, a full telehealth solution. Yeah, it's really smart. I mean, just to echo what you guys were saying. I mean, it it is so hard to find someone and you don't really want to ask a friend if you want to talk to someone. You don't really want people knowing your business, right? And you just want a place that you know is good, you can trust, you can... I love the idea that you can read about all the therapists because then you can at least find someone that you think would be a good fit for you versus like the typical, like you look on the website and there's like a line of like all their degrees, but not really like who they are. So um, I think that's genius and will be so, so successful. Um, So congrats on that. Will you be scaling similarly to to squeeze massage? Is it is it will it be? It should just be attached. Like it's like a one two punch. I know, right? (laughs) That's our hope for sure. You know, I mean, right now we're focused on really proving out the model and getting the flagship right and and the concept up and running. But yes, I mean, the hope is definitely that we're scaling similarly. Nice, awesome. Being that you've been doing all of these entrepreneurial roles and transitioning into that from more corporate life. I mean, I would say dry bar probably wasn't as corporate as some of your previous roles, but you know, I personally straddle both. I have a full-time executive role in marketing and I started this, Katie and I started this podcast out of pure passion and to make well-being and self-care accessible to your point, disrupting the typical, right? You see all these like wellness people. And it just feels very unattainable and not real. And Katie and I always used to talk about, yeah. And Katie and I used to have these conversations all about self-care and wellness all the time. And we're like, we should just talk about this because other people can relate to us. And it's not some influencer out there, like talking about something that feels unattainable. So anyway, long story short, I I just, um, I have a hard time, you know, we were sort of talking about it offline before straddling both because I'm in sort of this corporate marketing landscape. I have my podcast and I feel very entrepreneurial and so passionate about it and have a thousand billion ideas that Katie and I talk about all day long, every day, 24 (laughs) seven, plus I have this other role. And so I'm all over the place and just would love to hear about the the transition into entrepreneurial life because at heart, I definitely am an entrepreneur and how you sort of straddle both and how you transitioned and what that looks like for you and any tips you have (laughs) too. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. I mean, the shift from a corporate career to entrepreneurialism is insane. (laughs) I mean, you don't know just everything that you're about to get hit with, really. Um, I mean, it's amazing. I always say that it's like overwhelming, exhausting, but mostly liberating. Like it really does have just like this shift of you controlling your own destiny and your future and like creating things the way that you want to create them. Um, So it's really amazing. But I would say that it's really important to be thoughtful around what you really want to do and to ensure that you're willing to do it even when it's really hard and it sucks because it does. Like there's so much about building something that is I mean, it is a roller coaster ride. It is the most intense and insane roller coaster ride you will ever be on. And there is no amount of like preparation that you can have for what that experience is going to be. So you have to make sure that you are ready to sit in, you know, I just posted that a day in the life of an entrepreneur graph, which is like, you'd have to be willing to sit in the, in the valleys as much as you, you know, are excited to experience the peaks. And it is consistent up and down all day long, like every single day. There's no, there's no like status quo. So I guess one of the things that I did actually, when Michael and Ali told me about Squeeze, I actually took a few months and I said, let me explore what my other options are, because I, I know that, you know, there's going to be great opportunities out there. And I really want to weigh and think in my mind about if I'm okay taking this like unstable, unknown, you know, leap, or if I just want to go work for another great, cool brand and have a little bit more stability. And so I actually started, um, I told them, I was like, I'll start to create the model and think about like how the brand could be positioned. And while I'm having these other conversations 
with you know these other companies, if I decide to go you know a different direction, I'll just hand everything back over to you guys and um and you can see if you can find someone else to do it. But then of course, as I did it, as I started to build it all, I was like, oh, this is amazing, and I, I really think that I can do this, and I'm and I am super passionate about it. But I took I guess my point is I just took time to really be like, okay, am I excited about this to the point of I'm going to be still excited about it when it's really hard. Um, and I am, but it is hard. So I don't, I don't feel like I have anything in, in totally inspiring and or reassuring to say there other than just to like, if you can take the time to like start, start to develop whatever idea you have and just like really make sure that you're committed to seeing it through when it's hard. Yeah. And I think we, we can relate to it a little bit too, because both of our husbands um, are entrepreneurs. My husband's an entrepreneur for 20 years. So I have experienced all of the roller coaster. Um, you know, he's never off. Um, same with Katie, same, yeah. right? It's, it's just, it is what it is, but um, it's so rewarding too. I mean, Katie and I to have our own business that we're starting obviously with the podcast first is like so empowering because being able, like I always say to Katie, like pressing the button to go live or mm -hmm. coming up with a piece of creative that I don't have to get, you know, like 20 stakeholders to approve is so nice. <laughs> so it's such a nice juxtaposition for me. And I think for Katie, it's given her so much creativity to the point where she's having like these moments in the shower of, oh my God, <laughs> we have to do this. And like, so it's, it's, I've been it's a stay at home mom for, for a few That's years. So it's like, you know, like but prior to that, creativity. she was definitely, definitely a hustler. And I saw it as soon as we started this, all of a sudden she's like, <laughs> so I think uh, Katie and I talked about, we're like, we just need a planning session to come up with our plan and our um, roadmap and like a really focused journey uh, with the ups and the downs while handling mom life, wife life, corporate life, all, all yeah. of that. But I, I think passion, and I think we all can relate to this just from hearing you speak, Brittany, passion is the core of everything for me. And I think for Katie too, like every job that I've had has always been about something that I'm passionate about. When I first started in the business, I was in movie marketing and films, which I love. And I was like, I, I would never do this for, you know, I don't know whatever brand that seems boring to me, it just doesn't resonate yeah. and I won't be passionate about it and I won't be able to market it. Whereas some people just like don't care and can market anything. Yes, I probably could too. But if I'm not passionate about it, I'm not into it. And I think Katie and I are the same in that we go so deep and it we're all in that we have to be passionate and fueled by it. Yeah. So. The other thing that I thought of that as you were talking that I feel like is a good thing for people to know is Man, you have to have a really thick skin. Like all of a sudden you're going from, especially if you're going from a corporate career where you're definitely used to dealing with tough personalities and difficult situations, but building something of your own is very personal. And so all of a sudden the conversations that you're used to having or the decisions that you're used to making, like it's, you're, you see it through a different lens and it can just be like harder than or more, more, per, everything just feels more personal. And so I think that's the other thing too, is like figuring out what that balance is and how to still feel as passionate as you do, but not let it, you know, get to you like emotionally. And, and it does. I mean, that's the other thing is like, it's just, it's, it's tricky waters to navigate. I always say when, when you start something, it's like everything that you're terrible at becomes so apparent so quickly because <laughs> you're the only one with a small team having to do everything. And that's another thing, just like the humility side of it that you have to have of like, oh, wow, I am not good at this and I need help doing this. Or, um, you know, yeah, it's just, um, it's, a, it's a wild ride. Yeah. I was going to say too, even taking a step back, Katie and I sometimes these have conversations like just in terms of marketing our podcast. I mean, I've been in marketing forever. And sometimes you like forget when it's your own thing. You're like, oh, wait, here's what I would normally do. Why aren't I thinking of that? Because you're so in it that you can't yes. take a step back. Um, but that's really exactly. good advice about the personal piece because I think we get feedback from people and you just sort of have to like be like, okay, and just keep moving and not get bogged down by it. Yeah. yeah. When, when it's your baby, that's when you got to remember not to... Hey. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That is. It takes but, a few 
sucker punches to figure that out though. (laughs) At the same time though, I'm also learning like getting criticism from my husband who is a brilliant entrepreneur. Sometimes I'm like, no, 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 you don't know what I'm doing. And I mean, I, I have to, you have to still listen and take that constructive criticism and everything. But the thick skin part, you're right. Like I need to, instead of being like so offended by his suggestions, right. I need to just take it with an open ear and apply it happily or not, you know, but I don't need to, you know, jump down his throat either for it. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> That's great. So what have been some of your biggest hurdles and what have been some of your biggest achievements? I mean, you seem to have had many achievements. What have, what have, as an entrepreneur, what have been some of the biggest hurdles? I mean, to state the galactically obvious, I feel like COVID has been you know, just, um, I mean, there's so many silver linings, obviously, I feel like from the past year, both personally and professionally, but, you know, rebuilt, we had great momentum right into when um, the pandemic first started and in terms of selling franchises and um, rebuilding momentum is hard. Like it is, you know, it's, um, it's just an interesting place to be right now. So I would say, I would say just, I think that we did a, a really great job and I'm proud of how we handled like our Studio City team and the guest experience and adapting to everything, um, you know, and we've gotten great feedback on, from both guests and, and our team around all that, which feels, which feels good. And I'm, I'm proud of that. Um, but the, like I said, just like re- rebuilding momentum, there's no other way to say it is, is hard. So I would say that that for sure has been my biggest challenge. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, I, I, it is hard to cut that momentum. I can imagine that now you're basically having to to rebuild and get the excitement going. So, um, yeah, yeah. But it's also like I would imagine to just kind of fun to rebuild and rethink through. Like, oh, maybe before we would have done this, but now knowing this and I've learned this, that you can sort of apply it. So, it is um, it's reinvigorating for sure. Um, and you know, I love a good challenge, but. It's definitely a challenge. It's tough. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So speaking of the pod, um, welcome to the podcast community, Britt. You just launched Girlfriends in Business and (laughs) we've listened to every episode. We love it. It's so helpful to us and I'm sure a million other entrepreneurs and women out there. So how's it going? I mean, it is so fun. I love it. I mean, it is, I'm sure you guys feel the same way. It's like, it's neat to connect with people that you admire or that you've kind of watched from afar and have real conversations with them and, and realize we are truly all going through the same thing. Like we're in, we're in it together. Um, yes, you know, Lori, Ali, and I have some pretty cool experiences from our, you know, past lives that, um, you know, that have gotten us to where we are today, but we're all kind of in the throes of rebuilding businesses from the ground up. And it's neat to just have encouraging conversations with other amazing women and to hopefully remind everyone else who is aspiring to do their own thing, or even just continue to grow in your career, that you're not alone in the challenges that you're facing, the, you know, insecurities that you have. Um, And so from that standpoint, I think it's really neat to feel like we have this little community of, you know, like-minded, awesome, ambitious women, but also we're trying to just be real about the vulnerabilities that we all have and wish that more people would have had those conversations with us earlier on. So that's really the intention of it. And it's been, um, it's been amazing. It's been so rewarding and really fun and insightful as well to your point like you kind of learn something from every guest that you talk to and conversations that you get to have so yeah it's been really great yeah and I love that what you were just saying that it is relatable because yes I think if you had that advice earlier in your career earlier in something you see all of these people you know whether it's presenting on stage and you're like oh they have it all you know it is you do want the realness and that's why I think I started following Allie and you years ago because like you guys are really not to lump you together, but people like you, right, are very real and talk about things that are going on in your life. And I think it's really important and it's authentic because there's so much fluff and there's so much, you know, out there that's 
just showing one side of the picture. I think being vulnerable and to be able to talk about everything is so relatable. And that's what Katie and I try to do with this podcast too, is just like, here's the good stuff. Here's the bad stuff. Let's just talk about it and be real instead of trying to be this person that like everybody thinks you should look like or be like or whatever. So I really um, appreciate you guys putting out the show and it's definitely helped us and inspired us and given us, um, I think, a lot of confidence. Oh, that's amazing to hear. Thank you. Yeah, I think, I mean, social media is such an interesting thing, right? Like, I think in a lot of ways, it's detrimental and uh, like kind of, kind of like a mind warp. Um, but also, I think it's provided a platform for, um, yeah, for like a little bit of authenticity and, and genuineness. And um, it's neat to see more and more women like yourselves similarly who are willing to talk about things as they're building like it's one thing to have made it quote unquote and then be like oh well let me tell you about our all the hardship and all the stuff that actually happened to get there it's totally different to not know whether or not you're actually going to quote unquote make it um and still be real about the process and I think that that is you know those are the types of people that I also enjoy following along with and or you know having conversations with is like the ones who are willing to actually be real and honest. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. We spent a lot of time in our, in our first season um, chatting with like just young entrepreneurial women for that exact reason. Like tell us yeah. about the beginning of this journey. It's so exciting to, to, to hear about everyone's. Yeah. So what has been your favorite thing about the podcast? I guess you just said it just like getting to learning from other people and. Yeah. Yeah, I think just like the connection, it feels, and maybe it feels more impactful because of the last year that we just had and, yeah, you know, not being around people as much in events, et cetera, but it's really neat to just feel like the energy from collaboration and connection. Yeah, for sure. What about promoting? How do you, what have you found is the best way to promote the pod? I mean, you guys have so much clout and such a huge following and probably don't need too much promotion, but. Well, Lori and Allie do. (laughs) Um, you know, I, the thing that we've done kind of similar to what I was talking about earlier on a marketing standpoint is we encourage people to subscribe, rate and review. And we've yeah. done that through, um, incentivizing, like we'll choose a handful of winners to give a gift card to, um, every week for like the first few weeks. But again, I think with that, and also to have people share on social, like the more you're hearing, not from us, but from friends and or people who are enjoying what they're learning from you know, our conversations, that's going to always be the ticket. So, um, you know, I think it's like finding ways to get your, your audience and your super fans to do the marketing for you, to be talking about the benefits that they're getting from your podcast uh, is so much more powerful. So moving into kind of you more personally in your morning routine, I know that I've heard you several times talk about your routine and we talk about all of those sorts of things on the show a lot, like how to make sure that you're balanced going into the day. So talk to us about your morning routine and kind of how you, how you started that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I definitely want to say that I am not as consistent as I want to be. Like, I think that's another thing too, that's just important to acknowledge is like, yes, there are definitely all of these great habits that we all have and we pick on the best that, day, think, right? Exactly. But I think it's important to remember that like, I always think in my head when I see things like that, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're probably perfect and do that like every single day or, or all the time. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's not the case. But so I did, I did start to be very intentional about my morning routine when I started squeeze. So this is back in like late 2017, early 2018. And again, it was kind of like a, a trip to go from a corporate career to all of a sudden I'm like my own, well, I was the only person at the company at the time. So like my own <laughs> boss slash the only one, one, you know, figuring out what like the next steps are. And, and I had to recreate structure in my days and stuff again, that just like was so foreign to me. And so I decided that um, I'm a morning, per- I've always been a morning person. Mornings have always been like incredibly important and special to me. Um, I just love, I love the potential of like what the day holds in the morning and all of the, the opportunity that lies ahead. Um, and so I started to, I started a gratitude practice 
first. That was the first addition that I made to my morning routine. Um, and what that did for me and what I, so what I do is I write down five things that I'm grateful for every single morning with the caveat of it's really not every single morning, <laughs> but every morning um, I try and write, you know, five things that I'm grateful for. And what that has done to my mind is it just, it's like you retrain your brain all of a sudden to start to look for the good and to look for the little moments of like joy that come into your day. We all have them. Like we all have them. It, it but it's, I, it was so clear to me after doing it for a while that I realized like, oh, I'm actually starting to notice these things more than I did in the past and also look forward to identifying them. And they have to be like little moments. Like I was, I was actually just having this conversation at dinner last night with my girlfriends. It's, it, you know, it's not like I'm so grateful to have a roof over my head or to have a great husband. Those things are great. Don't get me wrong. But it's more like I actually just had this really cool interaction with the girl in line for the bathroom. And, you know, we realized that like we were, we both moved to a new city and it was just this small little connection, but the I, little nirvanas. I, exactly. Right. I mean, that's, right. that's, a, that's a perfect way to put it. Cause I just felt this like, all of a sudden I felt like lifted up, you know? And I felt like this, that was like really, a really special moment. So anyways, so I feel like gratitude practice has been game changing for my mindset. I always say like mindset is your superpower. Anything and everything that you can do to keep your mind healthy and sharp and positive truly does impact the trajectory of your day and ultimately success. So um so gratitude a gratitude practice is the first thing I incorporate. I do try and work out consistently. I suffered a really bad back injury way back in the day of my corporate career days. I was traveling too much. I wasn't taking care of myself and I just decided like especially leading wellness businesses, like I want to be, you know, in, in my, my best shape, not so that I look good, but so that I feel good um, and healthy. So I work out gratitude practice. And then I'm a person of, of faith. So I definitely pray. I try and remember that there's something bigger out there than, than just me and kind of like surrender to that. Um, and then I also meditate. So it's like when I can do those four things in the morning before getting, you know, out into my day, it does make such a big difference. And then I also sometimes will do like dance parties, no joke, after I have like, a cup of coffee. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> We're all about a good like, dance party. Mostly yeah. Whitney Houston is like my go-to, but nice. sometimes it's like very fun song to like get the, get the day going. Makes such a difference. Yeah. So yeah, we're, uh, we're firm believers in everything you just said. I love that. I The gratitude practice is something that I have been like tossing around wanting to start. And I don't know why I haven't, but the way that you described it, it just sounds so impactful. I really feel like, yeah, I, I, sh I need to just start it. What does that look like? Like, do you literally roll out of bed and start writing or is it with your so coffee or yeah, I actually do. So I work out first. Um, and then I do kind of like meditation, gratitude journal, and then I'll do that with like a cup of coffee. Yeah, so like nice. after I work out. Um, but when I don't, it's again, still just like, the writing down part is the most important part. Even if like my girlfriend last night was saying, well, I, I think about those things. And I'm like, no, 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 like your brain, it's different when you're actually like translating things on paper. So Yes, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Yeah, I have, um, we had talked about on the show once this Ink and Vault planner, which is more of just kind of like a weekly and daily planner. And in that, it always has sort of like five things to be thankful for. I haven't been as good lately at filling it out, but it was, it's a good way to kind of start the practice because it's like written and it's like five things. You just like write it really quick and then write out your day. So I do, I need to re engage. And I, I think it's important what you said too about, it's like, you don't do it every morning, but when you do, you're at your best. And I think Katie and I are both the same way in that like we have morning routines and like it doesn't always happen and that's okay. Right. Like sometimes you sleep late or something happens and whatever. But when you can do that, that's kind of when you're feeling your best. So with all this said, and you've given us so much time, but we do need to do our little wrap session with you for some 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 quick info. Um, yeah. So what is your favorite wellness or beauty hack? Um. Besides a squeeze massage, of course. I, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, I take calm almost every night. Um, That's good. I one. would say that that, yeah. And That's apple cider one. vinegar in the morning. Oh, you do a shot? Mm hmm. 
I mix it with a little bit of water. I feel like it definitely needs to be diluted. I know, it's so strong. (laughs) Both of those things are so good for your system. The calm one is great. Is it doesn't it just like help you wind down and, yes. and fall asleep easier? Yeah. And yes. I take it every night too. Nice. All right. Well, this next one we call our five minute flow. So you just got out of the shower and dried off, and Uber has alerted you. They are five minutes away. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna throw on really fast? Your holy grails to get you out the door and get you in that Uber on time, ready to go. Yes. So I um I actually use a lot of Skin Farm products. It's a it's a, a company um, based out of Nashville here, um, and I became good friends with the founder. She has amazing, amazing products. There's one product in particular that I highly recommend for everyone. It's called Youth Serum. Um, it's incredible, and it's kind of like you could use lotion or not, but it's so hydrating and incredible. I have one like at the office, one in my purse, one um, at yeah in my bathroom. So in any case. That um, I use just like bare minerals. Um, I'm very minimalistic in terms of makeup. Um, so I will use that. I also love Clur's body oil. I, it, I think they call it like the essential oil or something like that. Again, amazing, amazing product. It's so luxurious. It makes me feel like I'm at the spa, but just a quick, you know, all over the body thing. And then, of course, dry bar products, I'll throw some, like, triple sec detox in my hair. Um, And, yeah, I think those are, like, my core products and the things that I use pretty consistently. Um, Again, I'm I'm relatively minimalistic there. Nice. Does that that answer? Good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I need to check out that youth serum. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds good. Likewise. (laughs) Nice. So you kind of touched on this before. So I probably have the answer, but ask you again, like, how do you maintain your daily nirvana? Just that daily kind of calm and feeling good. Yeah. I mean, I'll just go back to the morning routine. I think that if, if I'm remembering things to be grateful for taking a beat, breathing exercises too, I think make a big difference if, you know, you're super stressed or you just need a minute. Um, I think that's like a powerful thing to do throughout the day. If you can just think about things that you're grateful for, it is a game changer in terms of your mindset. I totally agree. I talk to the kids about that a lot too. Um, instead of them saying like, I have to do this. I'm like, no, you get to do this. Like, mm-hmm. So I try to get their mindset that way just in the beginning of the day or when they're kind of complaining about something that's you know somewhat silly. So I love that. And I love the breathing too. I'm a big breathing person. So like a one nostril breathing technique just to kind of calm things down is always, is always helpful. Yeah. We are going to now move into our product review. If you have time, we would love for you to stick around. Amy's got a quick one for us and then we'll wrap with our mantra. Do you want to hang out or do you have to go? Yes, I will definitely hang. All right. Thanks. That's great. Okay. So my product review, my quick product review, I don't know if you've noticed it, but it is on me and it is my necklace. Um, I don't know if you can see this, Brit, but I'm wearing the disc necklace from Beckett and Quill, which I love so much. So firstly, as soon as it launched, of course, I like immediately bought, this is right up my alley. So I bought this disc (laughs) necklace from Beckett and Quill, which is Meredith Quill and Allie Webb's new jewelry line, which first of all, when I got it, I got this cute little note that says, thanks so much. Enjoy Allie and Meredith, which I always love a nice handwritten note. I just think it's always a nice touch. So I kept that. I have it on my my inspo board behind me. So um, (laughs) I just love this necklace. For those, you can't see me, but I'll post a picture. I actually did a reel when I first got it, like of me unpacking it because the packaging, of course, was beautiful and just the whole experience. So I did a reel of that and put it on my feed. I just like this, $250. I bought it for myself for Valentine's Day. And it's just a fun, beautiful necklace. I love the length and I wear it with all my other necklaces. So it's good for layering. I know they have like tons of layering necklaces too on their site. But I think it's just a great brand because Yes, everyone can have more, you know more expensive jewelry or the cheap jewelry, but it's very very good quality for a price that is obtainable. You know, for two hundred fifty dollars, I bought myself a nice necklace that I wear every day, and I just like 
I love it. I love it so much. I've gotten a bazillion compliments on it. So of course I've like been promoting the brand as I do. And it's just a great little, I don't know, it's just a great little Nirvana to my day when I put it on. I just love it and I mix it with different necklaces. So just wanted to give a shout out to Beckett and Quill and I love this disc necklace and everyone check it out. So that's my little product review of the week. Yeah. So thanks, Amy. That was great. I love the necklace too. I've been admiring it for a while. Um, so Brittany, do you have a mantra for us? I do. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. Um, this has been such a lovely conversation and I love you. I love Nirvana. Like I love the way that you wrap it into everything. I think it's very, very brilliant and smart and also, um, makes you feel something, which is, again, I think the most powerful way to connect with people. So um, kudos to you guys. But, um, Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, of course, of course. Um, yes, so my mantra is never let success get to your head and never let failure get to your heart. Oh, mm. so good. Chills. Yeah, me too. That's, oh, so that's good. a good one. Oh, that's great. I love it. You know, that that is so touching because anytime you're starting out in anything, well, for me, especially like failure, it's always there, right? You're always so afraid of it. So that's that's just a great one. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, of course. Thank you so course. much. Thank you for joining us. Um, we appreciate it so much and have so much gratitude for you and everything that you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Nirvana Sisters. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Also, find us on Instagram at Nirvana Sisters. If you loved what you just listened to or know someone that would, please share it and tag us. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of Nirvana Sisters. We'll continue to watch out for all things wellness so you don't have to. Bye.